Hello, this is Tom Kenny, voice actor. Uh, the voice of the Ice King on Adventure Time. And SpongeBob SquarePants. Ah, oh, Gary the Snail, too. Hey, guess what you're filling your eye holes and ear holes with? The Dorkening! Oh, I love the Dorkening. Very popular in Ooh. And Bikini Bottom. Hey guys, welcome to episode 5 of A Dork Physique. Uh, my name is James. I'm Jen. So, uh, last week we posted to you guys uh, to send us as the our fifth episode. And first of all, we want to thank again for the support we've gotten. Uh, the podcast listens, especially now that it's officially on iTunes. Hooray! Uh, and the feedback we've gotten from um, all the posts that Jen has made. Um, I just push the buttons and record everything jen is the one who comes up with the witty banana posts and um (laughs) stuff like that so definitely go check out our site uh we actually just did a live uh stream of our grocery shopping um from this past week as our cupboards were pretty bare um so definitely check that out as well as we want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor um deadly grounds coffee um they um horror-centric coffee, right? Horror-centric. Horror-centric. So check them out, uh, deadlygroundscoffee.com. I know they are um, the other members of the Dorkening Podcast Network uh, run and drive and live on that stuff. So check it out. They have a bunch of cool stuff. Um, Of course, the Blarney Stone, which is brew, stuff like that. You've mentioned it before, so check them out. um, Deadlygroundscoffee.com. They have mugs, coffees for the pound, pole bean, and ground. So check them out. So like we said... um, Jen, what are we talking about today? So I had asked a bunch of you guys to uh, send me a bunch of questions, things you just want to know, and we thought it would be awesome to kind of take five of those questions and answer them Uh, the best we can. Obviously, they're going to be little short answers. It could turn into longer podcasts, but I know a lot of you have questions and you want answers, and I figured how great would it be to do five questions for episode five? Made yeah, sense. definitely. I mean, instead of us hearing us yammer, we actually <laughs> get you guys to hear what you guys want to think. And, it sh- you know, this is what we try to be very interactive. Uh, and some of the questions that did come across were very um, thoughtful. And uh, we got to as many as we could. Like I said, we're doing five, maybe another five episodes. We'll maybe do five more. Right. Um, so if you didn't hear your question this time, don't think we didn't see it. We did, but we just had to pick some of them. So um, anyway, Jen, what was the um, first question? So the first question, which I thought was fantastic, was should I hire a personal trainer? That's a very good question because I asked you that exact question three weeks ago. You did. So it's not a simple yes or no. I would like to start off by saying yes. However, financial restrictions, things like that, don't hire a trainer and not be able to make your car payment like make your car payment don't don't prioritize a trainer over other life expenses don't allow that to become a life expense if you have the expendable cash to do it absolutely go ahead and do it so why would you want to hire a trainer what are the benefits of having a trainer so One, their job is to understand muscle and movement, and they're going to understand it far better than you do, most likely. 
I'm just putting everybody in this big pool of people that don't understand anatomy and physiology. But for the most part, that's that's their job. They understand how you're supposed to stand, move, what muscles you're working, things like that. And again, these aren't things that most people know. Uh, they're also, they're gonna help you with your form. So if you're doing deadlifts, if you're doing lunges, you're doing a, anything of that nature, you don't do it correctly, you're going to hurt yourself. Like, you're gonna hurt yourself. And they're there to prevent those injuries. The better your form is, the better your workout is, the stronger your muscles become. Um, another reason I really like having a trainer is they're actually also really good for support and motivation. So I actually, I have a trainer. And I've had people say, well, you don't need a trainer. Or why did you get a trainer? And for me, I got a trainer with the simple goal of I knew I wasn't working my leg muscles properly. I knew I wasn't working all of the leg muscles I wanted, my hamstrings in particular. And I just kept hitting this wall. I just wasn't seeing results. I wasn't seeing progress. And it wasn't because of lack of effort because James can definitely say I was at the gym and I was doing all these things. And all I kept seeing was definition in my quads. And I don't want any more definition in my quads. And the quads are kind of your upper... Um, forward facing muscles for you that don't know what that is. So I hired a trainer and I basically told her, I, you're, I'm using you for leg day. Like I let her know I'm hiring you. This is what we're going to do. And she has been nothing but fantastic. Um, it's too soon to say that I'm seeing results because that would be unfair, but I know I can feel those muscles being worked that I knew weren't being worked before. She is absolutely fantastic. And Again, helping with form, helping working those muscles. And again, she's great for support and motivation. She will text me the next day after every single workout and tell me how good I did. That's awesome. That's another person in your corner that's going to be like, oh, that's cool. Like you want to go. Also, if you're not motivated to go to the gym, that gives you a reason to go to the gym. You paid a lot of money for this. So let me tell you, yeah, Wednesday at 630 you're going to the gym. You're probably not going to blow off your trainer, much like you probably wouldn't blow off your dentist appointment or your doctor's appointment. You have an appointment for something, you're more likely willing to go to it, if that makes sense. So would that be someone, and I'm just going to extrapolate this question a little bit more because I feel like questions are already brewing on some of our listeners' head. <laughs> um, would I say do a trainer like at the gym I go to, would I use Craigslist? Would I use, if anybody still uses Craigslist, other than for other reasons, um, <laughs> do I search Facebook, Yelp, or, you know, wh where's a good jumping off point to find a good trainer and what should I look for? So a couple of things, word of mouth is always very powerful. If you know somebody that has a trainer, they're going to be your first line of who you want to talk to. So anyone that's with me, who's local with me, who's my trainer, I would tell them and I would tell them why I like them. If that's not an option for you, if you just aren't in that community and you don't know anyone that uses a trainer or is a trainer, then I would go if you have a gym membership at that point to your gym. However, before you say, I want a trainer, just give me kind of like the pick of it. I like to look around and watch the trainers train. Now I've had trainers before in the past, so it's very easy for me to know what kind of trainer I'm looking for and what I need. And I need high intensity. I need somebody that's going to 
keep me, I'm paying you for 30 minutes. You better deliver for 30 minutes. And I'm not saying that in a mean, nasty way, but if my trainer is sitting down, I'm all set with you. No, you need to be on your feet too because I need to make sure you're watching what I'm doing. It's not just a counting game. I don't need you there to count. I need you to help my form. I need you to switch up my workouts. So you'll start seeing these trainers train and you kind of see what they're doing and you find out what you like about them. A lot of times, um, not this trainer I have currently, but I do absolutely love her. But a lot of times, if you aren't sure what kind of a trainer you want, I do try to find somebody that has a sports background because their training is in strength and endurance. And I feel like that gives you a little bit, they have a little bit more um, of a, like a spectrum on what to work with. Instead of like, we're just gonna lift heavy things and put them down, they're gonna give you a little bit more. So that's usually my fallback if I'm not sure who has sports training with them, who is also a baseball coach or a football coach. I want somebody like that. Um, and actually the cool part about the trainer I have now, she, had her own weight loss journey. So she was on a very similar journey and went into this and is now a trainer. So obviously she gets where I'm coming from and I get where she um, where she came from. So I have that very good relationship with her. Any red flags that people should be aware about, in your opinion? <sighs> um, Other than like the trainer just sitting around. Yeah, they're just sitting around like twiddling their thumbs. Uh, again, just make sure that when they're training somebody, you, you can see that they're actually really working them just be careful who you pick, you know, make sure they're recommended. Usually your first session with them is comped. Almost always, you don't have to pay for it. It's usually under like the gyms, like, hey, come train with us. The first sample is always free. Exactly. And you should know right off the rip if this is going to work for you or not. There's other things involved once you are training with what you like and what you don't like. Um, I'm very particular that I actually don't want to hurt the next day. I made that very clear. And when I mean hurt, I mean if I move my body and I feel those muscles have been worked, I'm happy. When I've done so many squats with so much weight that for me to sit on the toilet is like a punishment where I want to cry... That's not normal. That's not okay. I don't want to be worked that way because then I don't want to go back to the gym. I don't want to go back the next day. Keep it so I am working those muscles, but I'm not completely burning them out to the point that I'm in so much pain the next day. I absolutely don't want that. But then there's some people that think that's the way to go. Okay, great. So what is the, uh, what's the next question on the list? So the next question, which was actually two questions that I merged into one because they were on the same vein, um, which was kind of how do I control my food cravings? Oh, my. oh the bagel. The bagel. The, tell the story about the bagel again because I think it's worth telling. So the, bag, the story of the bagel is I still have cravings. I'll, Jen can attest to this. I still have. I'll have my pancake. My one pancake or my French toast. We can't. We just wanted. We just came back from a little vacation where I was very much like, I'm having French toast. Like you know, I don't have it on a daily basis anymore. I, I kind of you know, I kind of was cra- craving a little bit, and so I figured like you know what, I'm gonna have one, just to have one. Um, but the bagel is. Um, I think it was just one day. It was just. I think it was like a stressful couple days, and I just saw a bagel, and I was like, that looks good cinnamon raisin bagel toasted with cream cheese on it all day um and you know i i will 
think about it and I joke around with it to a point where Jen's like, I'll bring you one one day next time in the area. And I'm like, okay. Then she called me up and I'm on my way. I'm like, I'm actually all set. So at the end of the day, I feel like for my cravings and my like bagel story, yeah, it's a joke that I keep saying all the, the, the infamous bagel. It's more of a joke now than it used to be because I used to go through those cravings. It's like Jen said in some um, episodes prior, true sugar. She's been very good at do it cold turkey. Some people will have more hard trouble with that. But me getting off of the um, donut, the McDonald's, Burger King, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that is very hard. Uh, I mean, you got to think the stuff that you've been putting into your body is very much a habit, it's a routine. It's, I wouldn't say it's an addiction because I think that's the, the spectrum. It's a very dark end of that spectrum. You're used to eating X, Y, and Z, so your body's used to having X, Y, and Z in your system. So when you start taking X, Y, and Z out of your system, your body's going to want it. So it's very interesting how you deal with that. And Jen, I think last week, said it was just not replacing it, but supplementing it. Right something different so i figured we'll go a little bit more into that but i still have my cravings and jen can attest to that more times than not that i do have my cravings and it's just you gotta deal with them it's you're going through this journey you're, you're gonna cut out foods you love but in the long term it's gonna be for the best oh absolutely so i believe um when you're on this journey to fill your your plate with as much knowledge as you can the more you understand why your body is doing certain things and you're more analytical about it versus, well, it's just doing it because if you have a solid reason, you can negotiate it better with yourself. If you're just kind of being like, well, I have a craving and I should do this because my body wants it. You have to understand the reason why it wants this. And then again, you can negotiate this with yourself. And that's what I did throughout my whole journey was I educated myself because having that knowledge has made it far easier for me to understand why I want these things and why I don't. So cravings, you guys ready? For the most part, it's all in your head. It is all in your head. So, and I say most cravings, I'll get back into that. But when I mean most, we're talking like 90% of what you crave is coming from your brain. Because your brain's a jerk. Your brain's a jerk. Um, because your brain could release those mm-hmm. endorphins to make you start, make yourself feel better. But in their minds, it needs the, it needs that reward. You, If you do this for me, you're rewarded with these fantastic endorphins. But your brain's a jerk. And I can't take credit for that joke. Peter, Pete Holmes <laughs> made the joke. So go listen to stand-up. But... Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's what your body's doing. Your body's like, I liked this. I want more of it. I am going to make you want it because I am a jerk and my brain <laughs> is a jerk and it hates me. Um, so yeah. So the kicker with that is most cravings lack any nutrients. So how do you like that? Most cravings lack any nutrients. So just like James said, this isn't your body wanting something because it, it needs it to survive. This is your brain wanting something because it wants to feel a certain way. And you have to separate those. You have to know what the difference is. And what's the difference? Looking at that food and does it have any nutritional value for me? If you can answer yes, and I mean really not picking it apart so you can answer yes, but if you can answer yes, 
then eat it. And I went through that a couple weeks ago. Whenever I just wanted red meat, I was like, yeah. I really want steak. I really yep. want steak. That was a craving, but it had nutrition behind it so there was probably some sort of micronutrient maybe iron in it something that my body was was needed well the same thing with us i mean what i'll go a couple weeks before that as well is i remember we were like i really want fish i want seafood but mm-hmm. i don't want salmon right and we got swordfish and mm-hmm. it was a chain it was definitely changing we both looked at each other being like yeah you know let's try something new let's do a swordfish show sure, was we were craving s- seafood mm-hmm. but again it wasn't like we're gonna get a Lobster, or we're gonna get it was like we just want to change it up. We we didn't know what we wanted, but again, like she said, with the meat, you just got to listen to what you're saying a lot more, right? So, you can be out of nowhere if you are sitting there and you are craving an orange. And when I say orange, I'm not talking about the juice, juice, fruit juice is garbage for you, don't drink it. We'll get into that later. But if you're sitting there and you would want an orange where you have to peel it and you have to eat it and your body's like, I want an orange, eat the orange. There's something in it your body wants. It could be the vitamin C, whatever it is, your body does want that. That being said, when you're sitting there and you're qua- like craving some Twizzlers, there's nothing there. There's nothing there but the refined sugar that your brain is like, hey, I really would enjoy eating that. And a lot of times if that's the case too, look at, again, replacement or supplement. You know what? Go go have a piece of fruit. It's still sugar. It's still glucose getting in your system. It's a healthier sugar. I mean, you know, oh, it is. Yeah. Because there's fiber and other things in the fruit. So, so you know, listen, they should listen to your body. Your body will give clues and a lot of times, too, cravings can also just offset hunger, which can be offset by thirst. Right. You know, your body can be like, dude, like, I'm really hungry, but I'm going to have a glass of iced tea instead, sweetened iced tea, and I f- get the same rush. Right. So, again, instead of that, unsweetened iced tea or get a bottle of water. So, the other side of this that, unfortunately, question mark, question mark, it's not unfortunate, but James will not understand, so this is coming from me is when you, and if there's any guys listening, you don't understand either, so I'm talking to the ladies, um, is menstrual cycle cravings. So anytime any of us ladies are going through PMS, which you guys know of, it's a thing, um, we crave typically chocolate. Chocolate is the big go-to. Chocolate, sweets, things of that nature. We crave it, and... It's so wild to think that, like, how I can't begin to tell you how badly you want this, where it's not even like you, it's not even a craving. It's, I have to have this, or I'm going to die, or I'm going to kill somebody. Like, it's becomes, it's, it's so heightened. So I read into it a little bit because I never really thought about it until I was asked a question. Again, this is why I love your questions because it forces me to kind of rethink this so when you're going through pms your period your period all that stuff your brain produces less and less and less serotonin less of it by far so you know cranky much why are we so cranky why are we so miserable because that chemical is not being produced as highly as it normally is so we're miserable and when you're miserable and your brain is like, I don't want this. I want to make serotonin. I want to feel good. It's going to go right to that place where it knows. And chocolate will help produce serotonin. 
crazy goes back to just what James said. It's brain chemicals. There are other ways, too, to release serotonin. Google it. <laughs> um, um, actually, one of them they do say is if you're wanting to stop cravings during that is to just kind of get your body moving and exercise and your brain will release that serotonin for you. Very now I know when I'm saying this, I get I know every every female just rolled their eyes and was like, Genevieve, you need to shut up. I have cramps. I'm in pain. There's just a mess. We've of already milk. lost half our audience with the men. So the guys are like, like we'll, we'll be, 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 be right, right back. back. We're, we're going to go get a snack now. It's time for a protein bar. But when you are going through that to help, I get it. I'm not, you're not going to be like, I'm not running a mile. So I did come up with like a kind of helpful thing. I'm going to tell you from jump, just push through it. It's just your brain telling you, you need this. You don't need it. You're not going to die. Yell at your significant other for a little bit longer. It's fine. It goes away. Just be mad at him or her, whoever. Just yell. Let it out. Or if your brain really wants chocolate, give it chocolate. And when I say give it chocolate, go and get that like pure chocolate. Like 99, 100% chocolate. That stuff's disgusting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's disgusting. But you know what, brain? You want chocolate? I'm giving you chocolate. You put a bite of that in your mouth, you're all set. Yeah. You're like, actually, I hate chocolate. I just I just determined I hate chocolate. Um, there's also like the cacao nibs. There's things like that, which are full of antioxidants, and they're actually really, really good for you. Chocolate in its pure form without the sugar, refined sugar in it, without the milk in it, just that dark, dark, rich chocolate. And again, it will say percents on them when you go to buy them, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, 99 to 100%. That is actually very, very good for you. It is full of uh, micronutrients that are wonderful. So there you go, guys. We're giving you the okay to eat chocolate. Just got to eat it in its pure form. Go for it. So then the other part of that was... um, one of our listeners asked about having um, salt cravings. All our listeners ask these questions. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. All our listeners listen to this. So, <laughs> so I, the guys can come back. We're talking about salt now. Um, so just liking, instead of being on the sweeter end of it, is on the saltier end of it. That's something I would watch out for, if, especially if there are potato chips, um, french fries, things like that. A lot of times salt is in correspondence to crunch. So you might really not even like the salt, but you like the crunch part of it just as much. And if you just had the crunch, you'd be okay without the salt. Also, if you're eating potato chips and that's what's doing it for you, it really isn't the salt. It's the other engineered chemicals they put into it. Again, that whole can only can't eat just one. That's because they engineered it so you can't. It's... It's unfortunate, but they put so many things in that, that your palate wants you to keep eating it. Your brain wants you to keep eating it. So what I would do in that case, you like salt. I don't, I don't have a problem with salt or sodium, things like that. We can talk about another day, but I don't think it's as big of an epidemic like other people do. Um, but if you like salt, I kind of gave a few other options for the salt. Um, so I would replace that food right out. So I'm looking at like, Roasted beets are really good. Throw some sea salt on there. Olives are exceptionally salty. I think they're gross, but I know they're salty. 
Um, if you make zucchini chips, which I really, really, really do enjoy, those are great. Pickles are salty. And popcorn. Popcorn doesn't have a whole lot of nutritional value for it, but you get a lot of bang for your buck in terms of calories and that salt craving. I mean, too, like I said, and like you said earlier, you, you do have the um, crunch factor. If you're craving chips, baked chips are mm-hmm. equally as good. Like I said, again, just be mindful what type of baked chips you get. I know for a while, like I said, that was one of the things early on in my diet was the substituting the Lay's chips for the baked chips and buying the small, small bags like that in which... Um, in which offset like my snacks. Like, okay, I, you know, instead of buying a big bag of Lay's or barbecue chips, I got the Lay's baked chips. Yeah, there's a difference of calories because, again, those small little snack bags are good for calorie counting because it gives you, a lot of times those bags are a serving, but they're baked, they're not fried, they don't add a ton of salt to it. Like mm-hmm. I said, your body does need some sodium. It does need some salt because when you sweat, what comes out? Salt. Yep. It is part of your your biological needs. Um, so definitely... Um, That's why we tend to crave more salt yeah. in the summer. So because we're sweating it all out, we still yep. need it in there. So like I said, it's just like she said, you know, there are... You can still there. eat your chips. I don't want to take that away. No. And I think that's what James is getting at. If it is something you really enjoy and you're not ready to part with it yet, you're early in your journey. Remember, I'm a lot further along. So I part parted with a lot of stuff um, throughout my the course of my journey. But if you're not ready to do that yet, figure out a way to fit it in where it fits your calories and it's not going to destroy well, your calorie count for the day. Well, I mean, that's what I'm about to get to is like steak seasonings. Yeah. If that's also it's a lot of sodium. All it is is salt that they mix some of the seasonings in there. You go get a thing of Montreal steak seasoning, throw it on there, throw it on some green beans. I did that for a while. That's very, very good. You know, that's that's an offset because, A, it's not the chemicals. You're getting green beans. Throw some green beans on. You shake it up in a bag with that stuff. It's good. It's good with steak. Like, again, it goes back to supplementing and replacing more than just giving in. Right. So Try it. You might like something new. Might yeah. work for it. You might have to try a bunch of things, too. I'm not saying, like, the beet chips are for everybody. Like, they're roasted no. beets. Yeah, yeah no. no. All set on that. But... They're, they're, they're buried and hidden from people for a reason. Do you like potatoes? Well, let's not drag potatoes. <laughs> There's, there are hundreds of thousands of Irish immigrants who could say the potato saved and ruined their lives at the same time. So, <laughs> that's a completely different task. You can't put all two... You, if you're gonna if you're gonna call out a tuber, you gotta call them all out. Nope, never mind. No, I watched plenty of story bots to learn how french fries are made. So, anyway. So, what's the what's our, uh, what's our third question? I adore this question so, so much. This is absolutely one of my favorites that we were asked... Is it more expensive to eat healthy? If you want to pause this episode right now and go watch the live video we did this past Monday and what we have in our fridge as of today, the whatever, 31st of July. 31st, last day of July. Oh my goodness. Um, Go check it out and see what it is because I've already gotten some feedback on that episode being like, well, you guys just went to like a local grocery store. Right. So we talk about it there, but this ties into it, and you're going to be kind of blown away what we found out. So the answer is, it depends. 
And here's why it depends. So there's a couple ways to look at it. And I'm going to start how it could cost you more. Because this is probably not what our listeners are doing. So I want to kind of remove this right away before we really get into it. If somebody is eating unhealthy, and by unhealthy I mean pasta, sauce, mac and cheese, ramen, cheap food to buy. It is processed. It is cheap. Okay. They are purchasing that food, not necessarily because they're overweight or they're having problems eating. They financially can't afford to buy better food for themselves. Then yes, it will cost them more because they aren't going out to eat. They are living so um, budget budget their budget is so tight that they are eating to survive that's it so yes it will cost them more so when you hear it costs more to eat healthy you're taking those people that are just eating to survive i'll put i'll put that example for myself living single i spent 60 bucks a month on groceries yeah because I was on a tight budget. So again, I'm buying the mac and cheese. I'm buying the pasta. I'm buying the cereal. I'm buying yep. the stuff that I can buy a lot at a cheap price. And Jen can attest to that. She saw mm-hmm. in my pantry before the mice got there. <laughs> like, I'm buying... Those, um, the pasta sides. Pasta sides, all that yep. stuff. Like I said, it's... So, I think the best way also to preface that is the startup. The initial, that first couple grocery bills. Oh, yeah. The initial startup of eating healthy is, is a little shocking. But it isn't. No. Because I'll break it down for you guys a little bit in a minute. But I did want to remove that. So when people are like, oh, it's so expensive to eat healthy. Only if you're doing it, you're eating unhealthy for financial reasons. Not because you're eating unhealthy to eat unhealthy. You like this food. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very different. And actually, studies have shown that those people, to eat healthier, it would only cost them $1.50 more a day to eat healthier. Because if you think about, I can think of some very um, cheap foods that are healthy. Eggs. Eggs are stupid cheap. So they they do exist. You can find them. Um, Oranges in season, it's a dollar an orange. So they, that's why I said, will it cost them more? Yes, but on average, it's $1.50 more a day. So when you hear that, that's what they're talking about. What we're talking about, is it more expensive to eat healthy for me? No. It was actually cheaper by a lot. So I did a breakdown. I'm not going to bore you and go through it. I will, uh, once the podcast airs, I'll take a picture of it. So that way you guys can reference it if you want to, just to kind of see it. But I figured it was just too boring for like this simple Q&A kind of question to run through it. But what I did was, is when I was asked this, I broke down what I ate when I weighed 260 pounds. And I didn't lie about it to create more, a higher number. I was honest about it, which I spoke about in the one episode where I had said I was going to Dunkin', I was getting the iced coffee, Um, Two donuts, a bagel with butter. And that's about $9. $9 in breakfast. Five days a week. 
Okay, so that's $9 to start. So do you think my lunch was any better? Do you think suddenly now I'm eating something better? No, because I was getting pizza and I was getting two slices of pizza and order of garlic knots and probably a bottle of iced tea. And that was probably roughly $7. Okay. Carry on through my day. Once I got home, it was a little better because it's actually eating out is what kills your, your budget and what makes it so much more expensive. So I, went, I hit the vending machine up. That was probably like a buck. Um, got home, had like two bowls of cereal, things like that. Okay, so what I found is at 260 pounds, I averaged $23 a day in food. Okay. Then I looked back on what I eat now. And remember, I log all my food. So I picked a very constant day, a day that shows up a lot, foods I eat a lot when I did this now. I spend $15 a day on food. So I'm saving money. Now, again, the startup is expensive because you are filling an entire kitchen. It looks like when you watch our video, we bought a lot of food and you're gonna be like, holy cow, that food's gonna last us two weeks for about two to three people because uh, my kids are in and out. So- But that's us. That was us having nothing in the house. Well, that's nothing in the house, but that's also us, we don't go out we do sushi Saturday, which is $34 every Saturday. That's and it. That's it. That's it. Every other every other meal is made in-house. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's to a point where I go to BJ's and I buy a giant thing of K-Cups. And I buy a thing of creamer and a thing of Splenda. Yep. So that, that cost me for just coffee in the morning, for a couple cups of coffee during the day, it boils down to, what, 49 probably a dollar a cup. At the most, if you break down the cream or yep. the Splenda, a day. Yep. You go to Dunkin' Donuts, it's two fifty for a medium coffee. You go to Cumbies, it's a dollar. You go to some other places, it's a dollar. But that's already prepaid up front, and that and that's a hundred K cups. That's two hundred, um, uh, two hundred creamer. So simple stuff like that, you will definitely see a difference, and I see a difference because, like, like you said, you could go out to lunch and it's. Yeah, they have the lunch deals. That's $12. You go out to dinner. That's $30 with tip. You go out to breakfast. 9 to $10. And that's just money that you're just pissing away. A lot of times, if you're living an unhealthy eating lifestyle, you're going out to eat a lot because of convenience. Eating unhealthy and convenience seem to go hand in hand with each other. Because you have that accessibility yep so i mean just got to be mindful in in and it's like you there are healthy options at your local supermarket right at a farmer's market there are cheap alternatives out there to get the same good quality food you do not need to go to whole foods for everything on your list right Whole Foods is a great location to get good food. We're not saying not go there. They're they're a great. They have place. fantastic food. Their buffets are fantastic, but their their price point is a, is a bit higher than what most people would want to. You mean Trader Joe's? Trader, two, the two ninety nine store. Joe. <laughs> what Trader so, Joe's? And, and I think you got to just keep that in mind. Is in other after that past initial shock factor, you are going to find that getting. 15 chicken breasts that will last you two, three meals 
at $15 a pack is going to be worth it. Yeah, you might have a big, big uh, supermarket bill. That bill, the second bill is going to be high. But don't forget, then you are not going to the grocery store other than auxiliary things you might need to pick up to figure out. Produce, because that goes bad, or we run through it. Produce, we go through a lot of water. Yep. Um, It's going to be $60, $700, that, but you're not going to drop that that amount again for a week or two, two two to three weeks. But also, you've now removed, if you can, um, right away, you're removing going out to eat. And once you do that, man, like, you save so much money. It's ridiculous. Those little breakfasts in the morning, like, they'll crush your wallet. Two ba- uh, what was it? A dozen eggs and a pound of bacon is $10. That lasts us a week. Yeah. So. I broke the math down, and our eggs, having two eggs in the morning with our egg whites, cost us 30 cents a day. And then two slices, two, two slices of bacon a day. I, yeah, it's, like, the same probably. Yeah. Similar. So. Guys, at the end of the day, you just got to be mindful of what you're putting in your stomach and what you're, what you're cooking, and you know, and we understand, we understand, and and, and again, I think Jen prefaces a plenty, and I just want to put it out there one more time: is everybody comes from different social economical backgrounds. We don't know what your situation is. We are not telling you that. Well, you know, they all make good points, so I should really, but you know, it's either having my lights on or paying my car or putting gas in my car. Those are very, very more important because there's other ways to save money and eat healthier than missing a car payment, missing a student loan payment, because that stuff will, in the end, ruin small, bigger things in the long term. So you do what's within your economical means, and if it's for the time being just eating, you know, taking taking out that coffee in the morning, taking out that Dunkin' Donuts and making breakfast in the morning. That is a step in the right direction and you will see gains pretty quickly because yep. like you got to put it this way. A cup of coffee is 250 if you buy the Dunkin' Donuts. 250 times 5 times 4. Do the math. That's a lot of money. That's a video game. That's yep. different. So again, be mindful of your wallet at the same time. So Awesome. What What is the fourth? So the question? fourth question, which I thought was also very fantastic, is how do you eat healthy having children? And that's oh, great because there's children. This is all you. <laughs> I have a cat. Like, Well, you're around children now. Yeah. So I have two children. I have a 10-year-old. I have a 3-year-old. And how was I able to switch my diet and how does that affect my kids? Simply, it doesn't. So my 10-year-old... I got very, very lucky. He has a fantastic palate. He will pretty much eat anything you put in front of him. So if we're having salmon for dinner, he's having salmon for dinner. If we're having, um, every time we try to make something new, he's down to try it. We've made some weird stuff on this journey. We made that like beef and cheese casserole, with which was had like, it had like the cottage cheese in it and it was like so gnarly and all three of us just stared at each other like we don't think we like this but we kept eating but it but we kept eating it because because like it, we knew we should kind of a thing well that was your low carb like we're gonna do that something was, that's like that low was a carb. keto recipe and i was like we're gonna try this and this is when i think i realized i could never do the keto diet because i was yeah. like too weird too much weirdness in this cottage cheese so cottage in the cheese oven in a casserole in the oven i can't do it but um, my son, my oldest son, is down to eat anything. That being said, I decided very early on with him was to not raise him like how I was raised. I think we all do that. I think we're like, oh, I was raised in dysfunctional land. And I'm not going to do that to my child. Where for me, growing up, food was a very strange thing. And I'll 
we'll get into that um, much, much later on. So what I did was, is I never allowed food to be a reward or a punishment. So there was never that you have to finish your plate in order to get something else. There was never, oh, you did good on a test, here, have a cookie. It was never treated that way. Food was always food, and I always made it accessible. I never hid food. I never hid cookies. I never hid sweets. I still don't. You see that. they All my children can grab whatever they want. They do have to run it by me. It's not a free-for-all. But it's kind of more of they'll ask me, can I have this? And it's a yes or no. Yes, you can have it. Maybe after dinner. We'll see. Things like that. But I never wanted them to be afraid of food. So the oldest eats super, super well. He doesn't He doesn't really do chocolate or sweets. You saw that around Easter. So I kind of lucked out. The little guy's three. Okay. So his diet, is he eating salmon? Did he eat that beef casserole? Heck no. Heck no. He is three years old. His diet consists of macaroni and cheese, chicken nuggets. Like pizza because he's three and his palate's not developed to even like those flavors and gummies he likes fruit gummies a lot but again he's a kid and i'm gonna let him be a kid do we have ice cream every night with them sometimes we'll go out and let them get ice cream but again food's not taboo they have to ask my my youngest will come up and be like i want a snack well who's in control of that snack i am so this is what we're having or he'll ask for gummies 700 times and i'll be like we're not having gummies so or blueberries or he, he's a blueberry he, he likes blueberries so we'll try to steer more he likes grapes we'll give him grapes you're the parent you're in control of what your children to eat. to a point too and then and today that happened today where he wanted blueberries so i gave him blueberries and he wanted more blueberries so i gave him three he had three bowls of blueberries and he's like i want more blueberries and i'm like nah dude you're all set let's try something else not to say you're done with blueberries it was more of if you eat all the blueberries, there's going to be no blueberries left. And then I see a headache down the road when he wants like blueberries. Like tomorrow when he wants blueberries. Tomorrow morning when he's <laughs> at the sit. Tomorrow he's at the sitter and we have no blueberries to give him. And so. Yep. Always allow your kids to try whatever it is you're eating. I actually today I had made the Brussels sprouts and he was really interested in them. And uh, he was like, he was excited they were cooking. He watched me make them. Very interested in it. And I cut it and he goes, I want to try. I try. And I said, you want to try it? He went, Yep. And I cut it and he tried it and he thought it was the most vile thing he ever had his whole life. And I watched him like scrape it out of his mouth. He's a three-year-old. Because he's three sprout, yeah. and it's a Brussels sprout. So I didn't expect him to be like, these are fantastic. But he also really likes black beans. You don't know what they're going to like until you let him try it. Let them try it. And if it goes back to cost, well, now I'm shopping for, you know, buying mac and cheese and chicken nuggets and all that. You want to know something? That's the cheap stuff. So yeah. try to get them to eat what you're eating. If you can't. Don't let food be taboo. Let it just roll in there. Let them be kids. But you do get to drive the bus on that a bit. Yep, 100%. So our fifth question was a little bit more of a comical one, and we figured to put it in the end of the show, is um, you've heard it on a couple episodes, crash, bang, meow. So we do have two cats, two completely different cats. So the question was, tell us about your cats. Not really a question, but... More of a statement. More of a statement, but we're like, we would like to know about your cats. Yes, <laughs> um, and I have to give credit. Uh, one of my good friends, Josh, uh, said that there needs to be an Owen corner um, to do it. So our two cats' name are Owen and Murphy. Owen is a uh, nine-year-old uh, white yellowish cat. Yeah, beige. Um, weighs 24 pounds. 
He's a big boy. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. So I already hear cat lovers being like, that's too big. Google fat cats. My cat's not even close. Um, so uh, I adopted him from Dakin out in Springfield, Massachusetts five years ago. Um, short story with him was I wasn't even there to go look at him, uh, but he kept meowing and meowing for my attention. I interacted with three or four other cats, and at the end of the day, I didn't I didn't pet this cat. I didn't play with him in a room. I looked at the guys as, oh, I'm going to take Owen. And I took Owen, and that's the end of that. He's been with my, my, my loyal companion since uh, January um, five years ago. So um, so when I adopted him, he was 15 pounds. So he was a big cat to begin with. I didn't do any help with him with the gravity feeder and just let him eat what he wants when he wants. Because um, Owen will eat cause all day long. Owen will eat and be fat um, to a point where uh, the kiddos are like, Owen's fat? fat cat like questioning it like yeah no he has like he has his own gravitational pull um but he's very vocal he'll he'll meow he'll purr you look at him he purrs took him to the vet we pet he uh, took him to the vet to get checked out and the vet's like i can't get his heartbeat because he's purring too loud and he's at the vet he's a weird ass cat um so that's owen um but um our other cat name is murph so so murphy came along because my 10-year-old and I were at the pet store buying litter for Owen, and we walked by the um, the adoptable kitty shelter thing at uh, PetSmart, and there was this one cat there, and we just thought he was just beautiful, just a stunning-looking cat, and I took a picture, and I sent it to James, and I was like, this is Owen's new best friend, and so later that night, we had adopted a cat, just to kind of long story short. I never actually interacted with the cat. I never touched the cat. I never pet the cat until the cat came home. This was all James. James is doing while I sort of coached from afar. So cat comes home. We didn't realize it. Um, well, I didn't realize it. James definitely did. So our Murph was significantly underweight. He was so thin you touched him the wrong way you thought you were going to break him. He, His ribs were visible. His spine was visible. He's long-haired, so when I say visible, I mean, if he had no hair, you would have seen every bone on him. You you, you, you petted him, and you just like... Dun, 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 dun. It was unbelievable. And um, our vet actually had told us he was in such rough shape, he shouldn't have been adopted out. But he did, and he came to the right home, because, hey, we like to make cats fat. So, so we're good. So, um, Owen, or I'm sorry, Murphy fantastic cat still incredibly beautiful he's a little high strung he's definitely always at a 10 so he like zips around the house really quick if you go to pet him he might be like nope don't want you to pet me and like zip gone yep. and sometimes he'll be like i want you to pet me and while you're petting him he'll be like change my mind gotta go Boof. Yep. we always kind of joke when we talk about him we'll be like gotta go because yep. that we think that's his whole inner monologue is him just saying i gotta go and he yeah. like runs away so the flight fight he's just the flight guy <laughs> yeah but but it's funny because you say that it's like you, he, he'll be like sitting like he's he's also a super creeper. He just <laughs> you in the bathroom. He will stare at you. He will just stare at you, being like, "I will like kill you in your sleep." Um, and he won't look at me like that because I'm his human. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he loves me the most. Basically, that's what happened. But um, <laughs> but Murph, it wasn't his name. His real name was Gyro when we adopted him, and um, we were like. The two, it was pretty quickly when we met uh, met him that we were like, yeah, this name needs to change. He never meows. He 
like chirps. He goes like yeah. Murph, 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 Murph. 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 So yeah. it's like Murph, like old man Murphy. He like says his own name. It's so, amazing. So so, so we, we named him Murph, but Murphy, and it kind of went from old man Murph because it was an old cat. He's eight years old, mm-hmm. and um, which we didn't believe. We didn't believe till the vet told us. So yeah, so we have two cats who are chilling out in Gen- geriatric old cats, <laughs> and uh, Jen needs to uh, talk me out of adopting all the cats. Um, I need to stop going on, stop following those pages because I'm he like. He will show me like at night. He'll be like, we need to give these cats all of our love. And I'm like, where are we putting them? Like, we'll are we stacking them on top of each we'll other like a later. totem pole? What yep. are we doing? <laughs> so, um. So those are, you'll hear them around every now and then if we forget laughing to. Laughing or closing the door. Like, he always meowing at the door. So that's our cue to be, and he wants to be let in so he can just sit in the air conditioning when it gets turned back on. Because, again, he's the fattest of the cats. <laughs> so, um, with that in mind, guys, definitely, uh, thanks for listening this week. Um, where can they find us to send us more questions? So we can always be reached at Facebook at Adork Physique. You can find us on Instagram at Adork Physique. I do my best to kind of upload little things. Every Monday, I'm going to do a good little like food that's good for you post and explain why. So you definitely want to kind of keep your eyes out for that. And then if you want to be a little more discreet, you can always email us at adorkphysique at gmail.com. And Again, I know James said it in the beginning, but the support and just the stories we're hearing and everything has been so fantastic, and that's why we're doing it. So the more you give us, I mean, it just affirms why we wanted to do this. 100%, guys. So, um, again, um, check us out, friend, Facebook, like us, Instagram, follow us. Send us dirty limericks, whatever you guys want to do. Tell us about your cat story. Sure, why not? Why let's just do that? Do you as have well. a fat cat? Do you have a fat cat? Do you <laughs> have a skittish ten cat? Do you just have a cat who needs all the loves? Um, and again, if you still have more questions, we can still answer them via email if we feel there's an urgency if, behind it. And if there's more questions, maybe an episode down the line, maybe episode ten or eleven or yeah. thirteen or whatever. You know, we can answer. I have a feeling our questions or just conversations we're going to have here are going to get very, very interesting the closer we get to November. Yeah. Um, and because we have a honeymoon coming up and we're going to Disney and uh, there's no gym at a resort. So that's going to be interesting. So tune in next week. Uh, tune in next week for our next episode. Uh, they go up 8 a.m. every Friday. As well as check out all the other wonderful shows on the Dorketing um, podcast network including Wicked Horror which um, is actually live as we're recording this on Facebook Ooh. Ooh. yep uh, as well as in ultimate the ultimate video game show uh, every other Thursday so the next episode is uh, next Thursday I am a host on that as well so check it out but every Sunday is our open discussion uh, the dorkening uh, check that out 10 a.m. Um, on Sunday with that in mind guys have a wonderful day have a wonderful weekend and uh, we'll be in touch later guys